God this morning. Amen. Enjoyed that worship this morning. I love that song. Come to the well. Leave it all behind. Amen. As Paul said in Philippians, as Paul was talking about his past and things that happened in his past, he said he left, he forgot all the things in the past and pressed forward to the high calling of God today. And I just want to encourage you this morning to press toward Jesus Christ today. Amen. Toward that high calling that God has in your life. I, I, listen, there's nothing greater than to be able to come in God's house and be able to worship Him this morning. Amen. How many agree? Uh, thank you, praise team, and for leading us into the to the throne of God. Uh, listen, when we when we worship, we got so many blessings this morning. God has blessed us so much that how can we we we, we ought to be able to come in and praise Him? Why not? Amen. We are all so blessed. God has blessed us with so many spiritual blessings. Uh, as Paul said in Ephesians, in heaven this morning. I, listen, I want to talk about something this morning. I, it's been on my mind and my heart for, for uh, God just laid it in my heart a few weeks ago about what Satan is doing to the church and doing to the Christian. There's so many churches that aren't having joy in their walk with Him. Amen? Listen, you, you've got to have joy this morning in your walk with Jesus Christ. How many agree? I mean, listen, we want to see your teeth. Some of y'all, well, I didn't know, some of y'all had teeth. Amen? He wants us to smile this morning. He wants us to have joy. Listen, I'm going to have joy when I preach. Amen? You may not like it, but I'm going to have joy when I preach God's Word because this is my time with God to deliver God's Word. And what else can I do that Jesus Christ died on the cross, gave His only begotten Son for me, so I can have joy, not just life, but life more abundantly. Amen? Yes, we go through things in life. Yes, we go through trials in life. We're going to have bad days. You just are going to have them every day. I'm not saying because you have joy in the Lord and you're saved this morning, you're not going to go through some bad stuff. But there's something in your heart, there's something deep down inside of your spirit, even when you're going through a death, a divorce, through sickness, through cancer, through an x-ray, that God gives you peace that passes all understanding. It's a special joy that's inside of you that the world can't take away, the devil can't take it away, amen? And it's that source of joy that, that is given to us this morning by the Holy Spirit. If you're saved this morning, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Amen? How many believe, how many got the Holy Spirit in them this morning? If you've got the Holy Spirit in you, that's what produces your joy. You say, Brother George, I just, you know, I don't want to preach in front of a church every Sunday that looks like we've been sucking on prunes. Amen? I mean, we need to come in and laugh and, 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 and have a good time in God. You know, Christians can be happy. Amen? The reason we're not happy is the world has set the standard for the church in our worship and says, oh, you can't be that way. But we can scream at a football game. We can yell at the TV. I've been wanting to, knock, I've been wanting to throw the ball back at some reps. Amen? I mean, especially in them hog games. I mean, some of them fouls, that's ridiculous. You know? But we'll get excited and scream at the TV and listen... We can be, listen, we can be revered in God's house and still have joy and shout and have a good time in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hey, we'll create the new word, shouting Baptist. Amen? We, we can create a new one because that's what we're going to be doing in heaven one day. Amen? And this is what David talks about in Psalm 16. 
uh, chapter 16, starting in verse 11. I love this verse that, that David writes. He's speaking to, uh, a lot of times, well, we'll shout when we get to heaven, Brother George. We'll worship Him. We'll have joy unspeakable and full of glory up there. You, we can have it right here on earth. You can have it today when you leave here, my friend. Amen? You can have joy. You say, well, you don't know about what I'm going through. No, I don't. But I know that Jesus come to give us joy this morning. Amen? Not happiness. Happiness it depends on happenstances. Happenings. Amen? How many of y'all are happy when you got a lot of money in the bank and a lot less money? Oh, you're shouting. Let's go eat. Take the preacher when we dismiss. Amen? Make me happy. Let's see how circumstances, long as things are going good and the kids are making good grades, the baby's fed, the kids fed, I've got a good job, we're driving two nice vehicles, things are happening, we got a house full in church, oh, it's going to be shouting days. But what about when you have a bad week this week and the devil comes like a roaring lion seeking to devour everything, uh, pull every seed that God wants to put in your spirit this morning, about Tuesday on the job, the boss comes at you, the devil comes at you, don't call your boss a devil, all right? The devil comes at you, and all of a sudden, you're just you alone. Amen? And there's still a joy that'll get us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? How many of y'all were excited to come to church this morning? Man, I'm excited to preach every Sunday. Amen? Can you tell? I'm excited to preach God's Word. Listen, there's no better place than to be. People are saying, well, you get way too excited when you preach. You get too emotional. Listen, I want to be, I want to let the world know that Jesus Christ is alive and well. Amen? And that there's joy for the Christian this morning. David says this in Psalm 16:11. He says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. You need to underline that right there. Fullness in your presence. Maybe this is why, isn't it amazing when, God, when we're walking and we feel and we're in the middle of God's presence, how joyful a service can be. There's a big difference in, a, in having a, a God-led presence in God's service and not having His presence there. Amen? You say, well, Brother George, He's in every... Yes, He's in churches, but He's magnified by how we respond to Him. Amen? God's presence gets stronger by how our hearts are when we come in to the church. I shouldn't have to stand up here for 20 minutes and motivate us to smile to be here. Amen, church? That means that we have to abide in Christ during the week to get excited about worshiping. Hey, I'm excited to be in church today. I can't wait till Sunday. Uh, I think it was Christy this week put something on Facebook said she had a bad day, and I just come back and said, Sunday's a coming. Amen? But we ought to be able to say, hey, it's Wednesday, but Jesus is with me on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I can have the joy of the Lord where I'm at. I don't want to have to stir you up for 15 minutes. Listen, I believe God is wanting to bring our church into a new, deeper level in worship. I could sense it this morning. That God is wanting to take us to a new level. How do I get to, Well, you're going to have to... You're going to have to block everything out before you come in here if you want to feel Jesus. Amen? I mean, some of us are like Velcro, and we are. Every week we're like Velcro. I mean, we've got some of that stinking thinking coming in. We've got stuff that was said during the week. we got arguments with our wives. You bunch of holy badges better raise your hands. I mean, it sticks to you with the world, and we come in here like Velcro, and we say, Jesus, bless me. 
But listen, we haven't we haven't repented one time. We haven't asked Jesus to clear our minds, clear our hearts. I want to come into your presence. I want to experience your fullness of joy this morning, Jesus, more than I ever have. I've had a bad week, Jesus. Fill me full, overflowing with your joy. That's what that word means there in that verse, the fullness of joy. So you can't have pleasure until you have joy. Once you have the joy of Jesus, then you can experience the pleasure. Brother George, I'm looking for a, a big paying job. I mean, I want to crawl up the corporate ladder. I want That'll never bring you joy. You can have the best house, the best cars. You can be, you can compete and pass the Joneses. Amen? And you can have better than the Joneses' kids got, and you still will not have joy. You still will be happy, and you should be a miserable Christian. God is looking for happy Christians. You cannot be happy without joy first. Amen? You cannot be happy until you experience Jesus Christ and His joy. When's the last time you just woke up one day and you just excited about being in love and just, just being in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen? When's the last time you just praised Him for Him just being Jesus, just giving you eternal life? Most of us pray, Lord, give me, give me, give me. Lord, you know I need this job. You know how my family's doing. You know I need this, Lord. I need this church. I need to go here. I need to do this. And then what about this? Jesus says, I want you to praise me when nothing's going on. I want you to have joy being with me when nothing good or bad happens. When it's just a, or how many of you have blah days? Man, that's them days I want to get home. I want to hit the recliner. Amen. I mean, it's just blah, nothing really good, nothing really bad. But Jesus is right in the middle of it. Amen. Right in the middle of it. It, it, that fullness of joy, that word full means to be, to overflow, it means to be satisfied. It, it, it comes from a word called Sabbath in the Bible. I've been studying deep this week, so hang on. It comes from a word called Sabbath, which means to be fulfilled, overflow. It means to have a full stomach. I know where y'all going from here. Y'all should get a full stomach because you say, well, if you'll quit preaching, I'll go fill my stomach. I mean, do you, you know, how many of y'all have ever been hungry? I mean, really hungry. And man, you go eat, and when you eat, you just, oh, I can't. Every time I eat, I, I tell Mevel, I just told him last week, we went to Fayetteville last weekend. That's where we were at, by the way. I didn't leave the country, didn't get hijacked. We're still here. But I was, I, I've been on this diet, and, and, and i and I got to admit, I repented and prayed to God, but we went to Red Lobster. Amen. I mean, I was hungry, and that, and I looked on that menu, and it was that coconut-covered shrimp. Amen. Baked potato, loaded baked potato, and I, and I didn't eat breakfast because I knew, and, you know, didn't eat big lunch. We just really just nibbled on a little bit of lunch because I wanted to save it for the big arena. Amen. I mean, I want to save it for game time. Amen. I mean, it was coming. And boy, when we got the Red Lobsters, they give me, he asked me, said, I said, how many of these coconut shrimp come with this? And he said, uh, 10 to 12, but you can order five more. I said, I looked at Mevlin, I said, no, Tina, be fine. Amen. I mean, I looked at it, I wanted, I wanted 15, but she said, just get 10. She didn't say it, she her eyes. You know what I mean? And boy, I sit back, and man, them things came, and I dipped them in that, uh, there was some type of sauce that comes in coconut. It's, I don't know what it is. It's sweet. Boy, and I dipped it, and I ate, and I ate all that potato. I ate all that bit, all these biscuits. Oh. I'd eat bread in about a month, and it was like, oh, bread, I'm home. Amen? I mean, it was great. I eat the biscuits. I eat the bread. It was great, and I left there so full. Really, 
really, I ate too much, and I was ready to overflow. I mean, I mean, I was, I was so full and satisfied, and, and and I believe that's a picture of what Jesus Christ wants. Each one of His children, when we meet, whether we're meeting in church at corporate worship or our individual abiding with Christ and walking with Him, He wants you to be so full. He wants you to be full, to be filled with His presence. In His presence, and when, when, when He feels in our homes, amen, not just on Sunday morning, in your car, in your shower, in your living room with your family, because the devil is stealing our joy. We can have fun in church, we, and when we get home, we live a boring life. You can't praise Him during the week. The devil wants you to believe that this morning, church. You need to tell him away from here, Satan. I, I'm filled with the joy of Jesus Christ. I'm excited what he's doing in my life. Amen. I'm excited to preach the Word this morning. There's sometimes I come up here to preach God's Word, and he says, they're not going to listen, George, why he's so excited? You've been preaching this same stuff for 12 years, and some of them people feel like a bump on the wall. They're not moving. God, I've, I've convicted, I know God's convicted them. They're not moving. I don't know why you preach and get so excited. Because if one can get changed by the Word of God today, I'm overfilled and full. My stomach is full in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And joy first has to come through the Holy Spirit. Go to that in, in go to that one, Michelle, in Romans chapter 15, 13. Now may the God of hope feel. There's that word again. Feel. How many of y'all need to be filled this morning? How many of y'all come in here not having a lot of joy? It's kind of been a hard week. Be honest. Thank y'all. We got some honest ones in here. That's the one that God will use the most. Amen? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Does that fill you with what? All joy. You can be happy. Let's read that one more time and let's put a smile on our face. Amen? Now may the God of hope fill you with all Y'all do that too. And peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Here it comes. Not by my power, but His might. Amen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's where you have joy. That sustains you. That helps you make it through the hard days. That helps you make it through the attacks of the devil. And He's going to attack you this week, my friend. Get ready. Anything that's going good in your life and you're trying to live for Jesus and you're trying to do the right, He's going to come and attack. Satan is in the business of trying to rob us of our joy. Well, you don't understand who I'm married with. and No, you don't know who you're living with. You can't even get along with you, yourself, and I. Amen? How are you going to get along with your wife and kids? You can't get along with yourself. You've lost all joy. Most time, I, listen, you ever be able to come to church and, and greet people and they smile and say, hey, man, there's some of them that growl like a bear at you, man. I'll come up on Sunday morning and say, how you doing? I had a good way. Get on. I mean, I pulled my hand back. She about chewed it off before I got the third row. I mean, some of them like bears. We get home off our job and our wife and we growl at them. We growl at our kids. We growl at other churches. Amen? We growl. Satan has robbed a lot of churches of their joy. There's a lot of dead churches right here in Garland County. And the reason they're dead is not because they don't have good theology and good truth in Jesus Christ. They have no joy in what they're living. How are you going to expect the world to be changed when you're walking around? Which looks like you've been baptized in lemon juice. 
I mean, you're sour. You go to church? Yeah, we went there. Arr. Man, what's God doing in your church today? Hey, preach for an hour. Arr. You're going to go and see somebody in the restaurant. Man, where are you attending now? Pleasant Hill. Oh, I hear God move. And we wonder why God, but we growl at everybody. And Jesus come not to give us just life. He don't want you to just barely make it through. And I know, here we go. I'm going to get on this. Some of y'all need to turn that stinking news off. Amen? Yes, the world's bad. It's going to continue to be bad, but you know what I'm going to do? What I did last week, the month before, the year before, and yesterday, just keep plugging on. Just stay focused on Jesus. Say, I love you, Jesus. This world is falling apart, but I'm keeping my eyes on you because one day that trumpet's going to sound, the dead in Christ is going to rise first, and those that are alive and remain, we're going to follow right after him. One of these days, I, hey, couldn't that, wouldn't it be great if that was on a Sunday? Man, I come down the aisle to preach, and I just take off. I mean, my feet never touch the ground again, just straight to, and then I just walk right into the portals of glory, and I'm still preaching about joy. Amen. We let too many things, too many little things, irritate us and steal our joy. There's a lot of joy. Remember those songs? I'm going back into the enemy camp. I'm going to take back what he sold for me. Amen. Anybody remember that? You know how that goes? Man, going back to... Some of y'all need to go back and take back what the devil stole from you. Joy... Listen, the devil... Go to John 10, 10. John 10, 10. You may have put it up there and I preached some place. I don't know. Did I give you John 10, 10? Joy is a choice this morning. Amen? It's a choice. The thief comes not to kiss except to steal and kill and destroy. That's his main job. That's the strategy. To come steal. He wants to kill and destroy this church. He wants to destroy the ministry that's here. Because when lives are being... He don't mind us singing. He don't mind us laughing here today. He don't mind you raising hands, coming to the altar. But once that seed of God's Word starts transforming your heart and you're changing, the devil comes right in. I'm not, I don't mind you singing and praising and raising hands. But when you start being changed, I'm going to come in like a roaring lion. And he'll, he may not attack you today in church service, but he'll irritate you, irritate your spouse. He'll irritate you with your kids. He'll irritate you. He'll get you so irritated that you start getting that old stinking thinking, hating everything around you. Nobody's no good. Listen, it's all about your perspective. Joy's a choice. I want you to read. I, I wrote this. I found this this week. There once was a farmer who began to look at his farm through critical eyes. How many have ever done that? Man, some days and some weeks, everything I look at is just critical, critical. Now, there's people, listen, joy stealers have critical spirits. And it's okay, we're going to have a bad day, but listen, you don't need to wake up every day with a critical spirit looking at everybody on the job. we got critical spirits looking at our job. we got critical spirits looking at our marriage. No, our marriage can't be better than nobody. Their marriage is so good, they never fight, they smile. Their church is doing so good down the road, and ours is, we can't get people to step up and do stuff, and we're having a hard time. I don't know Oh, yeah, their kids, their kids are like honor students, and they're playing football and doing this, and, and ours, I, I can't get mine. We get critical spirits and eyes. 
And everybody's got it so much better than me. Everybody's got better jobs, better houses, better kids, better churches. That's the devil's strategy this morning, is to get you to look through things with critical spirits. And, and, and here's what happened. This farmer began to look at his farm through critical eyes, and every place he looked on his farm, he saw something wrong. So he decided to sell and move elsewhere. He contracted a realtor who came to look things over. Then the realtor called to get the farmer's approval for an ad for the newspaper. And the ad spoke of a good location, a well-maintained house that had sturdy barns, lush pastures, a beautiful pond, a fertile soil, and a great, great view. The farmer listened carefully, then he asked the realtor, read that to me again. So he did. Finally, the farmer said, Ho! Don't put that in the paper. I've always wanted a place like that. I'm saving. Amen? That's what the devil does. You, you have the best farm, the best barn, the best view if you're in Christ this morning. You have the best view. But the devil is getting you to look through critical eyes and nag and pick everybody and everything apart. He's stealing your joy. Amen? I heard something last night, and I love this. And I got this off the RFD channel. RFD channel. You got it? Go look at it. It said, uh, there was a saying about, you can blow everybody else's candle out, but it won't make yours no brighter. Amen? We got churches competing against churches trying to blow out each other's candle, and nobody's getting brighter for Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we need to quit looking through things with critics. The devil is stealing your personality. The devil is very good at stealing. When you're in Christ and you, you need to know you're, you're not fighting for victory this morning, you're fighting from victory. Amen? And when you're fighting from victory, you have a position in Jesus Christ. If you're a saved child of God, you have a position and an identity in Jesus Christ. You're not fighting for it, you're fighting from it. There's a big difference. When I fight from victory, that means, hey, there's somebody bigger than me on my side. And so when you learn your position in Christ, you understand that, hey, where I can have, this is the place that I can have the most joy. The grass is always greener on the other side. You know why? There's a set thing over there. Amen. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And we don't have to live a defeated life, Christian. So I don't want nobody to leave here this morning saying, oh, well, no, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. I can do all things through Christ with strength in me. He'll work all things out for the good of those that love him according to his plans and his purpose. Amen. You need to speak that into your, you need to memorize some scripture this morning. Maybe you need to go back to the simple things and just read God's word. Well, Brother George, I'm defeated. I, I tell you what, I've had a hard week. Brother, when's the last time you did the Word? Well, last week when you preached, you're going to get defeated. Listen, the devil, listen, that Word is a light in my path. That's what it's there for. And, and, and with that, listen, when God saved you, He pulled you out of the darkness to set you in the marvelous light. That's what the Bible says. And listen, we're, listen, this is so great. God's presence, it's like, have you, how many of y'all have ever tried to walk in your house in the dark? Nevlin did last week at the hospital. I mean, at the hotel. Hospital. We were staying up at Embassy Suites up there at Rogers, Arkansas, and the lights were out in there. And I guess she got out of bed thinking she was at home. Well, that dresser and that suitcase, 
What's there where it used to be? Amen. I mean, she was walking through there and I heard her go, Oh, oh, Man, I was laying there in the bed with Darton. She said, I think I broke my toe. I was glad to tell you, you did. Amen, didn't I? I wrote her, no, you didn't break your toe. If it was broke, you couldn't walk on it. Man, I was rolled over her sleeping. The next day we got up, that thing was perfect. She said, tonight, we're going to have some light in this room. She turned a light on the other room, opened the door where there's some light in there, and it got in her path. This is what God's Word does. Jesus pulled us out of the darkness and put us into the light. Through the redemption of Jesus Christ, that your position in Jesus Christ now, you are walking in the light. It's hard to navigate. When, listen, when you go to walking in darkness, you're, you're scared, you're fearful. When, I, when I'm walking in darkness, man, with Hunter, it don't, listen, I tell you, I don't, if I watch a scary movie, I'm not going out in the yard in the dark without a light. Amen. Bunch of you guys looking over here going, I would. No, you wouldn't. You would not. You're just trying to be like you cool this morning. You big scaredy cat. You won't even go with me. But also, when I get out somewhere, when I'm surrounded in total darkness, that's a scary place to be. But all of a sudden, when I have my joy, when, I have, when I'm experiencing the fruits of the Spirit, and joy is one of them, and God's light shines down on me, darkness. Have you ever took a light and shined it in the shadow? Have you ever took a light in a dark room and turned it on? Where's the darkness go? It runs. And the devil tries to keep us walking. Listen, a critical spirit, he'll steal your personality, try to keep you walking in darkness. You don't know what God's path is for you. You don't know His direction. You keep bumping into stuff everywhere you go. Every Monday, boom, you're bumping. we got more Christians that are bumping into stuff than just following Jesus. The reason we're bumping into stuff is we're trying to do our own will and not His. Amen? And so, boy, when you get that light, when, boy, when you're in God's presence, I mean, it's like sitting on this light right here. It's bright. The darkness runs. You can see what you can do. But the devil steals our person. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. We need some happy Christians. You need a happy home. You need to have fun in your house. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you pulled a prank on a family member? I know you bunch of... Well, we're too dignified for that. You need a good prank pulled on you. Amen. Let me tell you what. I, I'm pretty good at pranks. I got a good one here. I'm going to tell it on my father-in-law. He's going to kill me. That's okay. I'll run. When Melvin was pregnant, we were living with my father-in-law and mother-in-law. See, I love that verse that says in Psalm 17, I think it's, I mean, Proverbs 17, 22, that laughter is good medicine. Some of y'all ain't laughed in months. When's the last time you had a butt, a belly busted and falling down on the ground, holding your belly, laugh? You say, well, I did a belly buster last Sunday. No, you need to do one now. Laughing, amen, not no pool. I mean, laugh so hard. There's sometimes me and Melvin get to laughing so hard we can't stop. Amen. One night we couldn't sleep. We stayed up at 3 in the morning. Talking and just laughing and telling jokes. It was fun. You need to laugh. If you can't, just look in the mirror. Amen. You'll smile at least. But Melvin was pregnant. I, I'm always doing pranks. And and, 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 and Bobby called it with the groceries one time. And I'd just been up in Branson, and I went into this uh, gag store, and I bought this rubber dog food. 
You ever seen it? It looked real. I took it out of the package, Levi, and Bob had this dog at the time. She was about 17 years old, and every time she used the bathroom, it would be right in front of the front door on the concrete. They come in that night, and boy, I heard them pull up, and I said, there's Mom and Dad, go help them get groceries. And I, I run to the front door, and said, yeah. They had their hands full, looked down, saw that, she done getting on the, Bob, your dog's got it again. He said, I'll clean it up. So he put the groceries down, went out to the shop, got his flashlight and a flat shovel. He come over there where that pile was there on that, he took that shovel and whoosh, he shined his eye because it didn't leave no mark. And that kind of threw him off. Amen. And so he got it in his shovel and he's walking around the corner of the house and I'm walking behind him. I get to the corner of the house over there and I kneel down. I'm watching him. He's got that flashlight and he's looking in that shovel. He goes, whew, both like that. And he goes, thong, 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 thong. You ought to see his light. He goes, And so he, where it stopped, it laid back down flat, and Bob went over there. He's got that light, he's looking on it, he's got a stick about that long, he's a poking it. I come around the corner, I said, hey, Bob, what you doing? He said, oh, nothing, just trying to take care of this dog. Oh, man, it's, it's good to laugh. Laughter is good medicine, church, amen? It's good laughter. You need to pull a prank on somebody. You say, that's not spiritual. Well, give it a chance. Amen. It can't be no more spiritual than you are. You look like your old deadhead. Never laugh. Always dry. Always serious. Here's what you need to do. You need to loosen up. Amen. Loosen up. It's okay. The happy Christian. But the devil is trying to steal... Kojai's on a diet. That diet's working, man. That's one buff preacher right there. Okay, enough of the pranks. Get back to Jesus. When's the last time you come to church and laugh like this? Well, the church I go to, they're real holy and... All they're dead. Amen. John chapter 14. If you won't join this morning, you've got to learn how to abide in Jesus outside of Sunday morning. Amen. Abiding in Christ brings your joy. Because that's where it's got to start. If your joy is, is in even me or this church, it won't last. That's happiness. But when you want joy, that's the body. Remember when you first got saved? Think back, everybody in here. And if you're not here, listen, God's going to give you a chance to be saved today. But think back when you first, the first time, when you felt conviction of Jesus Christ, and, he, and you invited Him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior over your life. During that time, what's the first thing you experienced? Joy, peace, confidence, but mostly joy. The first reason I say that is because usually when a person gets saved, whether they're a kid or they're an adult, they can't keep it to themselves. they got to go tell somebody. 
Amen. It wouldn't be 10 minutes later the next day when I got saved, I had a bus driver. And he's driving down the road, and I was like nine years old, and I couldn't mind. I was just so excited yesterday. I got saved in Sunday school, and I'm getting baptized. I went to my bus driver, and we had them old, the old bus back then had these padded poles right down the center. Because I used to crawl up, and he'd get on to me. Amen. I was going but I hold on and I said, hey, you know what happened to me yesterday? And he looked at me and said, what, George? I said, I got saved. He goes, saved from what? I said, no, I got Jesus in my heart. And he kind of stopped me and I said, anybody can be saved. And I was, that was I had joy. And the first thing I wanted to do was tell somebody. A lot of times churches wonder why they're not growing is they got to have joy enough, springing up, fulfilling him, having a full stomach of it. To go out and tell somebody. Usually people are joyful tell people about Jesus. Churches that are joyful, churches that are full of joy and worship and the presence of the Holy Spirit in that church want people to experience what they're experiencing. So they go tell somebody. It's not a big formula. It's not a book. There's not a conference for it. It's called the power of the Holy Spirit producing joy in your heart today. When's the last time you prayed for joy? I laughed the other day. I'm going to close with this. But the other day, Jamie went to the Guinness. Yeah. She's laughing. I ain't started yet. I called her something about the gospel project. And she, oh, she's going to come by and do some stamps on the stamp machine here at church. She never came by. And I was having to go. And it has been hours since she said she'd be here. And I called her up. I said, Jamie, are you coming by church? Oh, yeah, I'll come by church. Her tongue was so swelled up from that medicine. She said, I've got my tongue, Brother George. I can't talk to you. We laugh. We just laugh. I had because, boy, when she told me her tongue was swelled up, that was open the door for the preacher. Amen. We had, we, we laugh because there's joy. I love coming to this church when we greet. I love our part that we greet. Well, Doug will say, hey, let's go around, let's hug each other's neck and shake each other's hand and welcome each other into God's house. You know why we do that? So we can hear the joy. There's a lot of churches, you got I can walk over their seats and hit their pew and dust bowls off of it. Amen? Because all they do when they come into church is they got their pew. By the way, there's no name, your name's not on none of these chairs in here. Amen? So, but boy, I, I remember some of them old churches, man. Some of them old. I do revival, and they'd come in and shake my hand. They'd go straight for P five in the middle on the right hand side, and they wouldn't talk to each other the whole time. I mean, they just sit there like we got fifteen minutes. Let, let's start this revival. Let's get the thing on. We got to get home. That lock's coming on. You know, I mean. And I'm thinking, and I'm wondering, he was quiet through the church. It was my first night of revival. He was quiet. I'm going, man, Lord, you're going to change you. This coming in and being quiet and not talking to your brothers and sisters and, and you're praying for revival and you ain't even got joy. You can't even talk to each other and experience each other and have a relationship with each other in the same church body and the family of God and you, we want revival. We're growling at each other. Ah, it's 10 after 12. I wish you'd hurry up. Amen. Well, don't put the roast on. all I can tell you, sister. Let's make sure as a church body we don't devour each other. 
Go to that verse. You say, you got a verse for that? I sure do. Paul said in Galatians. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed. By one another. We're not all alike. We don't do the same things. We're older. We're younger. Quick growl. I didn't like the music this morning. Gary, it was loud. Some of y'all going to try to go out of here growling. He leads worship different than Tim did. Amen? I'm being truthful. Let's not let the devil devour us. Work through us and devour each other. Well, I don't like the way she teaches. They don't teach like me. You know what? They're not supposed to. God gives you His own gifts. You're unique in His sight. You're not going to teach, sing, preach. Listen, ain't nobody else preaches like George Vincent. Everybody says, I knew it. I knew it. They'd do it. You're supposed to be quiet. Because nobody preaches like me. I want to be George for God. Amen? I want to close with this one verse. I promise that this is it. If you keep my commandments, that means obedience. If you'll, if you'll just keep on keeping on for Jesus, it may take a week, it may take a month, but if you'll be obedient to Him, you're going to see things happening in your life. You're going to see your stomach start to get full. You're going to experience the fullness of God. Listen, there's some of us in here that we're experiencing some joy on being a Christian, but we're not full. Amen? I mean, you get a little excited about Jesus on some things, and you get just enough passion and excitement from the Holy Spirit that He convicts you in here. But then when you walk up in doors, you're able to forget all of that. But God wants you to get a close enough in His obedience and His abiding with Him when you walk out of His convictions, not just in this building on Sunday morning, it's an everyday walk. He whispers in your ears. You don't take a fire or a wind or a tornado or an earthquake. He can with a small, still voice. Driving to work tomorrow morning. The reason I know is a couple of weeks ago, Brittany put on Facebook. I made the comment, and I, I didn't, I was, you know, I make a lot of comments when I'm preaching, but I'm going up back and forth, and I said, listen, I'm preaching this morning, and uh, every time I preach, somebody here, I, when I preach God's Word, the first thing you do is look at somebody and say, boy, they really need to hear that song. He's preaching right through this. And I turned around and said, my friend, I'm probably preaching to you. And, and that's for the court in Brittany. In the middle of the week, she posted on Facebook talking about how that was for her. She remembered that. See, if we're going to continue to be a thriving and growing church, these convictions that God's put on our hearts as we meet as a corporate body has to bleed off into our families and our individual walk where we take obedience and action and finally see God work things out for our good. The reason God's not working on your behalf and having victory is you're hearing convictions here and you're coming to the altar and you're kneeling and praying about them. But once we get outside that door, you're right back in the world. I'll forget it till next Sunday. God cannot grow a Christian without living with you. He's got to live with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He'll change your family. Mom and Dad, he'll change your attitude. Well, I wish I'd change the kid's attitude. It's going to start with you. Amen? Start it. Start it. Young couple saying, 
Next Sunday, oh, I can't wait to tell you, we're going back home to Pleasant Hill next Sunday, kids. Be prepared. We're going. It's a routine. God's convictions. Take it to your home. Take it to your job. Amen? You see, a lot of things the devil did to steal from us, we just give them to He said, well, the devil steals me. No, you've given them to him. By not standing up and, and being obedient to his word and, and, and his convictions. How many of y'all were convicted by the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that gives us peace and joy and faith and long-suffering, the one that empowers us, the one that anoints us? How many of y'all were convicted last week over something outside of church? Well, I got half the church being convicted. You say, here's the deal. When I say conviction, what's the very first word that pops into your head? See, we, we've got to get past that. There's no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ, Romans 8, 1, okay? Yes, God convicts us of sin. Yes, we sin every day. Yes, we have to repent. But every conviction is not about how bad a person you are. It's what door God wants you to walk through. What is God's will for my life Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? It's not about God's not, listen, God, God's not up in heaven with a big stick ready to knock you in the head for your sin. Repent from it, move on, get right with Him, and now what's the conviction about? It's not about my sin, it's the direction, it's who I feel. He convicts me every week what to preach. There's good convictions. He's doing the convictions to try to change you, to draw you, so you'll learn and experience joy in abiding with Him. See, God don't want we can do the church. He wants full custody. Amen. All that's good. Write that one down, Michelle. Put that on the board. Amen. Isn't it great to be joyful this morning? Let's be a happy church. We all got our faults. We've got our faults. We, we, we all don't do right. None of us in here are perfect. So won't you quit trying to make us perfect? Amen. Won't you just be you for God and God will work everything else out? Amen. Amen. Preach, Brother Judge. Oh, y'all shout me down when I talk about heaven, but boy. The happy Christian. Where are you at this morning? Do you have joy in your heart this morning? See, the Bible talks about in Isaiah 12, 3, we need to go to the wells of our salvation with joy. Look there. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of your salvation. How many of you are saved this morning? You know you're a Christ follower born again. Joy's in you this morning. Because, Brother George, you just ain't coming out. Man, I got holes in my book that I'm leaking. We all leak, amen. We all leak. We've all been hurt. Whether by past churches, past people, past jobs, past relatives, we've all been hurt. We all leak. But that's why we have to continually go to the well of our salvation and draw from it. Not from the world, not from the news, not from the government, but we draw from Jesus. Man, He'll focus you on the right things really fast. He'll focus you on what's important. You see, maybe that's why you're not having joy this morning, is you're focused on the things that are non-essential. 
worldly things, the greatest, listen, in a hundred years, the greatest decision you'll ever make is to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. In a hundred years, nothing else will matter. You'll be in the ground, your kids have unsold everything you've got at yard sale for 25 cents a piece. Amen? That thing that you saved up so much for and love, your kids sold it in the yard sale a week after you died. Amen? Your decision you make this morning in 50 years, some of us 50 years, some of us less than that, the greatest decision in 50 years you ever make is do you know Jesus? That's where, that's where joy everlasting is. Amen? I don't know where you're at this morning. Hey, we need to, we need to say, Jesus, refill us with some joy in this church. I've got up my eyes and focus on people and things and ministry. Lord, get me back on you. Focus me on you. I've been, I've been watching Brent. I've been watching Paula, and I've been watching them, and I don't like what they're doing. And Jesus says, sometimes Jesus wants to say, George, don't worry about them. Look at you. Where are you going? Quit walking over in the darkness that walk in my marvelous life. Some of us need to be refilled with joy. Some of us need to go back and remember when we were saved and ask Jesus to give us that same feeling. Amen? We need to be a joyful church. Amen? How many of y'all agree with me? Man, I don't want to be a bored out, boring church. And nah, nah. I don't want y'all to growl at me on the way. Oh, my! That was a bad sermon. Amen? Let's not growl and devour each other, but let's focus on Jesus and say, I want to have the most joy-filled service. Amen? And that's only going to come because we abided with Christ when we left here. Amen? Heavenly Father, I love you this morning. Lord, as we go into this invitation hour, Lord, I just pray that if there's someone here, Lord, they've lost their joy, they're not happy, and the reason they're not happy is they don't have joy in the first place. So if they're just looking for happiness, happiness... If it's a good day, they're all happy. But if it's a bad day, they're growling. Lord, we need joy that balances out. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We need that joy that fills us, fills us with joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we pray for more faith, and we pray for this. We pray for church growth and spiritual growth. But when's the last time we've looked deep in the wells of our own heart? And we can say, man, I'm a joyful Christian. What if every church member in this church was like me? What kind of church would Pleasant Hill be? Would we be a joyful church, a growling church, a critical church? You can come this morning and let Jesus fill you with joy. I know maybe some bad things have happened in your life. Maybe you went through a divorce and had some bad church experiences. Maybe even real Christians. Relatives. But see... Your happiness done to turn on that person sitting next to you. It's all about you and your relationship with Jesus. So won't you come to that well that I spoke of with joy this morning, the well of your salvation, and draw from that. Let it be refreshed and covered again, that, that fresh feeling of your salvation, that fresh feeling of joy. So you can be excited again for Jesus in your life. This church needs to be excited for Jesus. Not just showing up and doing a ritual, but a, a religion, but a relationship with Him. Come this morning as we stand. Don't be afraid of these altars. Don't look at nobody around you as we stand quietly. Every head is bowed and every eye still closed this morning. Just 
step out right where you're at if God's leading you this morning to this altar. Come to the joy. Come to the well of salvation this morning. Come and draw from it with a full bucket. Leave here with a full stomach, church. Come this morning as we sing. Leave it all behind. Step out and come to it, church. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. I have what you need. Now you keep on searching. I've done all the work. Now you keep on working. And when you're running on empty and I can't find a remedy, just come to the world. Spend your whole life. Oh, spend your whole life chasing what's missing. But that empty inside, it ain't gone.